0: welcome to Reflections. I'm Rome Gaioso, your host. We're broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're listening to the show via podcast or watching us on TV, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our YouTube channel, and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com. Dot com. So, don't be shy. So, today our topic is the upcoming Sales Team Accelerator Retreat or STAR conference. It is filled with some great content and you can't miss it. My guests today are Shawanda Roberts and John Ruggles from Frost and Sullivan. I will say a few words about the Frost and Sullivan conferences, then introduce the guests. So, uh, let's get going and say a few words about the upcoming events. So to be honest, if you my first public speaking event was precisely at a Frost & Sullivan Executive Mind Exchange. Uh, by the way, Gabe Manzano invited me, and that was some 20 years or so ago. So the conference was uh, packed with great content, awesome speakers, and even during our lunch hours, we had tables set according to interest so we could quickly find the companies and the people and the skill sets we're looking for. And of course, the meals were great, so I really, I really became a fan. So, as promised, here's a list of upcoming Frost and Sullivan events, and of course, it is also the topic of today's show. On May fourth, it's the new product innovation workshop at MIT's Innovation Headquarters. and that is in association with the Growth Innovation Leadership Council. On June twenty-second, is the fourth Sales Team Accelerator Retreat Star and topic of today's show, and that will take place at the Westin New York at Times Square. On July 18th to the 20th is the Customer Experience Ecosystem Executive Mind Exchange, and that will take place at the Hilton Minneapolis. On September 14th and 15th is the 14th Annual Intelligence Mobility, Innovation to Zero, and that one is a virtual event. On October 3rd to the 5th is the growth, innovation and leadership, the growth pipeline experience at the Double Tree by Hilton and San Jose, California. On October 16th through the 19th is the 18th annual customer contact West, another executive mile exchange at the J.J. Blue Marriott Star Best Resort in Tucson. As you can see, there's really no shortage of opportunities to attend in one of those fine events. So either in person or in line, uh, those are great events, so don't miss them. Of course, this is just a teaser. Uh, So let's turn to the upcoming Star Conference. And I will say a few words about my guests today. I will start with Shawanda. She is the VP of Sales at Frost & Sullivan, uh, where she works with C-suite executives to create growth strategies that indeed deliver. She's also the co-author of to Studios, and her book is focused on helping women overcome obstacles and become leaders in sales. We actually need to bring Shawanda to talk about her book in our Books and Authors show. Let me say a few words about John as well. So John is a senior VP and America's regional leader at Frost and Sullivan he has expertise in business development, leadership, and customer relationship management. And as you know, those skills are needed now more than ever. So without further ado, let me welcome both John and Shwanda to the show. Hi, John. Hi, Shwanda. Hey, Ram. How are you? Hi, Ram. <laughs> Wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope I didn't botch the introduction too bad. So if you don't mind, Shwanda saying few words about you.
1: Absolutely. So again, I'm Shawanda Roberts. I am based out of San Antonio, Texas. I have been with Frost and Sullivan going on 17 years here. Um, I absolutely love what I do and have fun with what I do. And I am not only an individual contributor working with C-level executives, but also I lead a team of um, executives as well doing the exact same thing that I do. So it is a privilege and an honor To be here to talk about our star event.
0: How wonderful, John! Do you mind saying a few words about you?
2: Yeah, it's Ram. It's always difficult to follow a a rock star like Shawanda, but I'll I'll do my best. Uh, I've been with Frost and Sullivan for over 20 years. Uh, I've been in, uh, I guess, the commercial business development side of the the house for over 30 years. Um, You know, my primary role at Frost and Sullivan is I'm, I'm driving. Uh, you know, the business and the operations of our Americas region. But, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to uh, talk a little bit about the STAR event, one of my favorite events, obviously.
0: How wonderful. And uh, So I guess uh, I really wanted to highlight the fact that, you know, what is important is that we understand or the audience understands uh, what we gain uh, by attending the STAR or any other of the Frost & Sullivan events. And I think you guys do a great job at explaining exactly the value that people will realize by uh, attending the conference. So I want to start uh, at the top. So uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Frost and Sullivan. 60 years of guiding companies through transformational growth. So why is focusing on transformational growth important for companies?
2: Well, first off, uh, well, you know, know, I want to thank you again, Ram, for uh, inviting Shawanda and I to join you today on this podcast. Um, as far as your question, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are extremely proud to be uh, to be celebrating our 60th year of working with clients and, and their journey towards growth. And if you think about it, Rom, I mean, there's not that many companies out there that can claim that they've been in business for 60 years, so it, it makes it that extra special. But specific to your question, why transformational growth? Well, I would answer that question with a question to you or to our audience. And that's really, do you want to be the next Netflix? I know Netflix is going through some uh, challenging times right now. Or do you want to be the next Blockbuster? I think most of us would say we'd want to be the next Netflix. Um, And if you really bundle that with thinking about, it's been a short 15 years since the first iPhone came out. And you start looking back, and, and for me personally, I started looking back, and I'm like, the transformation that has happened, the disruption that has happened in so many industries, so many markets over those 15 years has been dramatic. So uh, at Frost & Sullivan, we're positioned very nicely because we've got over 1,200 analysts globally. We've, uh, we're have we in 40 different offices globally, and we track pretty much any industry that that you can think of. And whenever you think about that, it allows us to be able to uh, help our clients with convergence opportunities, convergence of between our the healthcare industry and maybe mobility or mobility and, and, and a traditional ICT uh, uh, companies. You know, these are the, the trends that we're seeing. So being able to help our clients to be able to transform uh, helps them obviously tremendously because at the end of the day, uh, you have two options. You can either be disrupted like a blockbuster or you can transform your company and be able to be on that cutting edge over the next 10 to 15 years and uh, continue to win. Oh, John, I certainly do not want to become a blackbuster. So I
0: don't want to go the way of the dodo. So help me out here. Okay. That's right. Yep. We're going no do- to no, the star.
2: No dodo zone.
0: No dodos. Okay. I, I don't want to become a dodo. Okay. I, I will go there. I don't want to become a dodo. I don't want to be disrupted. Okay. So I'm really excited to talk about, you know, the upcoming, the fourth, you know, Sales Team Accelerator Retreat The STAR. So what is STAR?
1: So STAR, which again stands for Sales Team Accelerator Retreat is one of our exciting Frost & Sullivan Executive Mind Exchanges that again, is going to take place in New York City on June the 22nd. Now, this event, is really a great setting for key members of sales organizations from cross-industry verticals to really come together and not only discuss, but kind of learn new best practices that will help improve all aspects of sales, which include communication, productivity, and of course, effectiveness. You know, During the event, what you will see is challenges tackled around topics like talent, understanding the game-changing sales tools that are out there, and of course, changing customer behaviors just to name a few. You know, in this type of mind exchange, it's very unique because the format is very interactive, which is why we are very intentional about it being a very small audience because we want you to not only walk away with best practices that you can implement immediately, but also build new relationships of people in your same role or adjacent roles at other companies that you can call on even after the event for any help that you may have or help, I'm sorry, that you may need with challenges you may be going through. So it's going We're, to be exciting.
0: We all face challenges. And, and I really like that about the events is because there are opportunities. I mean, of course, there's the structured piece of it, but then opportunities to network. And I think, let's face it, we, we all miss that, right? Uh, so in, you know, interacting with people, uh, building networks, uh, attending or working in the workshops. And I think that's really part of the, the real value that this conference brings. Is exactly all those opportunities concentrated. And again, Times Square. And who doesn't want to go to Times Square, right?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so uh, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit uh, about the value that the uh, conference brings. So one of the conference topics is leadership in an evolving business landscape. So certainly... Uh, the business landscape uh, is evolving, um, changing. It, it's certainly very challenging right now. So how exactly can sales leaders rethink their strategies for long-term sales growth?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, you know, they, they definitely better be doing it now. um uh, or you go back to that disrupt or, or you know, be, uh, you know, transform or disrupt model, uh, you know, because predictions are showing, Rom, that uh, I've seen in, in several situations that predictions are showing that by the year 2025, 2026, uh, 70%, as much as 70% of all B2B interactions are going to be through digital channels. Uh, now, you know, many people are starting to figure that out. Some of your traditional face-to-face uh Salespeople that were used to be on airplanes all the time and, and away from their home three to four weeks out of out of the month, uh, they have figured out that hey, you know, we are being as effective. We're having longer conversations. We're having more frequent conversations with our clients since we've uh, since COVID. And that's you know primarily because they're taking advantage of the technology, similar to the technology we're on today, which allows us to, uh, you know, uh, communicate through Zoom or or uh, maybe Teams or something like that. Um, but you know, this is requiring all sales leaders and salespeople to really rethink the process of uh, of their digital of their own personal digital footprint um, from social selling. And I think at Star, you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of sessions related around this, and there's going to be a lot of companies uh, that will be able to help support you uh, within uh, your personal or your company's digital journey as it relates to sales.
0: I guess it's a very important topic because, you know, uh, let's face it, you know, digitalization is a wave uh, that is hitting us. And I wanted to kind of remain on this topic of digitalization again. So uh, one of the themes of the conference is sales in the time of digital and we certainly have seen this explosion in e-commerce and the seller and buyer relationships are clearly evolving or changing or or becoming something else, right? So can you name some of uh, the new or emerging uh, best practices? In other words, how can we go about maximizing sales in this new digital environment?
2: Yeah, Uh, if you don't mind, I'll I'll address this one because it kind of relates back to the the prior question. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's really two ways to look at it. I mean, you know, for me to answer this one is from, you know, how Star event is going to help out and then how I have addressed it personally in in my own uh, workspace. So I'll start with Star. you know, Star. As you know, it's on June twenty second, New York City. By the way, June twenty second is my birthday, and I know Shawanda has already agreed to buy drinks for anyone who shows up for Star to celebrate my birthday. So thank you, uh, Shawanda, on that. But uh, in in all seriousness, um, our one of our, our first keynote, uh, Daryl Gunter. Now, get this: Daryl Gunter is the uh, is a professor of salesmanship and sales management at Seton Hall, one of the you know very prestigious. Uh, University in the states, and and he's going to be talking about some of the his learned and uh, you know best practices, the importance of agility and adapting uh, to a new roadmap, and and how to improvise and adjust in this you know as you go down this new digital highway. So that's going to be for me that's a really exciting topic that uh, Daryl's going to kick off our event with. Um, for me personally, though, there's there's really a few things that I look at. One is you know content or solutions. Um, They were king prior to COVID, they were king during COVID, and they are king after COVID. Um, So you have to find out ways uh, to be able to look at your digital environment, find new ways, new um, uh, you know avenues, platforms that will allow you to get that message out and get your clients to be able to raise their hand or raise their eyebrows, raise whatever uh, that they have interest. So that that's that's one key thing that that um, that you know we're working on, and I know you'll be able to learn through the uh, STAR event. Uh, the other thing in, uh, is uh, leaving a strong digital footprint. We talked about this briefly but uh, at frost and sullivan uh, we did this actually prior to covid uh, we invested in our teams to be able to get their uh, digital image their digital uh branding uh you know stronger within uh you know the the social media uh, confines and uh this has really allowed us personally to bounce back i believe much quicker than some of our competitors and uh again this is something that there will be, uh, you know, conversations on this. There'll be the ability to meet with companies that can help support this at the event, and then finally, um, video. You know, video can be misused, but if it's used appropriately, if it's used the right way, I think uh, it's 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 very valuable to uh, to the new age of uh, of how we're reaching out to clients. So um, again, there will be uh, discussions around that on how best to plan uh and you know when to use video how to introduce it to your teams how to get the most out of video as it relates to um, the sales process
0: great so let's remain on this uh technology you know topic for a little longer so one of the other topics that i found very interesting is what you guys call tech enabled selling so this mm-hmm. is about sales organizations really taking a deep look at their. Tech stack, right? Am I saying it correctly? Yeah. Yep. There's some. There's so much technology out there, and yep. it, it is not inexpensive, right? So, so what do you mm-hmm. expect to see out of this session? I, I'm really
2: interested in this one. Yeah, I mean, Sean, if I if I could hit this one because I, I know from from Frost and Sullivan's perspective, I, I kind of help to manage our tech stack, quite honestly. So, um, you know, and and you bring up a, a really great point, uh, Rom. Uh, there is so much out there, and it's not cheap so uh you can go down around the 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 wrong rabbit hole pretty quickly and 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 have quite a bit of money uh sunk into that rabbit hole if you will uh before you kind of see it's really not for you um that's what i'm excited about this particular event because um it's going to be uh really interesting and awesome to uh hear the session around this um you know uh, uh, uh we have uh a moderator it's going to be in a panel format the moderator is uh, Cynthia Barnes Cynthia is the founder and CEO of a uh, of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals and she has four highly knowledgeable executives that have already gone through this process they have already built their tech stack they look at it on a on a regular basis they adjust it based upon needs of the company and they have uh, looked at what some of the best tools out are out there. So you'll be able to learn a lot about, um, uh, you know, what the proper things are as far as the, uh, the technologies that, that can help support you uh, without doing all the investment and in time and evaluating them.
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the key things, uh, you know, I'm hoping to learn, but I also know that it's not just the technology, you know, we have to focus on the tech stack but also uh, the human side of of the selling process as well. So I really like the other topic or the other theme of the conference, which is engaging customers in new ways. So what are some of the strategies we can adopt in order to strengthen our relationships?
1: You know, I I can take that one because I'm dealing with that on a daily basis with, with my clients. But when I really think about it and I look at all of us as consumers and decision makers, our preferences and our habits have certainly changed over the course of the past two years. We are at the state where we want items very quick and as much self-service as we can possibly get without having to call up over the phone and wait on hold to speak with someone. Therefore, I think companies should, if they haven't already started, provide more Self-service resources, and that can be done through their mobile apps, um, their websites, and then also just taking a look at your products and services to see where you can add more self-service resources there. As sales reps, You know, we must do more research on our prospects and finding those triggers where possible to get our prospects interested. This includes, you know, monitoring social media, looking at articles that the company or prospect may be mentioned in or any news that may be going on about the company for existing clients. We need to take more time to really understand their challenges, ask lots of questions, be curious, and not just push products and solutions, but lead in those discussions with value. And it has to be done through constant dialogue with them. Personally, for me, i like to learn about my clients like i do my friends so example if i know it's their birthday i'm sending them a quick message and i think a lot of us do this i also may look at maybe sharing their social media content to my network right so ultimately at the end of the day we need to always make sure that we are relevant and that we are useful to our prospects and our clients when reaching out to them and not be so generic and general.
0: John, if I understood correctly what Shawanda said, she said, if I know about someone's birthday, they will be sending them a message. But I didn't yeah. hear anything
1: about right. free drinks in there, though.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I'm expecting much more than just a little text <laughs> message.
1: I'm gonna have to make sure John is in New York on June 22nd so he can party with all of us. Okay.
0: So, uh, well, showing let's stay on. You you mentioned when oh, the past two years. Well, to be honest with you, I don't think we could talk about any kind of sales strategies without mentioning uh, COVID 19. So uh, we're entering this post COVID environment. Uh, during the pandemic, we were doing everything from the home. You know, we were you know shopping from the home. We were working from the home. Uh, we were exercising from the home and now perhaps we're feeling a little bit more comfortable. Uh, we're going back to shopping at Bricks and mortar stores again. Um, a few companies are going back or, to the office or returning to the office. So uh, what do you think is staying from COVID era and what is, quote, going back to normal?
1: Well, that is a very good question. And I will tell you that I have asked myself this many, many, many times. I I would love to hear from, you know, others what their opinion is on this in the coming months. Um, But in my personal opinion, I think a few things are going to stay. Number one, social selling and virtual calls is here to stay. I mean, I think, when we hit COVID and there were no in-person face-to-face meetings, people started to see that effective deals could still be done virtually, even though it may have taken a few extra meetings over the phone or over Zoom. Uh, Number two, and this one I'm really, really passionate about, and I think it's great, is relationships between colleagues have become more intimate and we are more compassionate towards each other. You know, we've been on virtual calls and we've seen inside colleagues' homes as well as probably understand more about our colleagues on a personal level, like their family or their hobbies and other things that they like to do. So that's one thing that I love that COVID has done is, is kind of brought colleagues together. Um, I also think that we're going to see more hybrid workforces becoming more prevalent for those companies that weren't already doing it pre-COVID. I just don't see office buildings going back to being a hundred percent occupancy any longer. I just think there's going to be a lot more hybrid, you know, virtual and in-office offices going on, basically. Now, As far as things going back to normal, um, personally, the only thing that I can see going back to normal is when masks go away 100%, we will finally be able to see everyone's beautiful smiles when we are in person. So that is the only thing that I think is going to go back to normal.
0: Yeah, probably. So we want to see more smiles. uh, Yes. We want to interact more with people, and that's perhaps what we're all, um, you know, waiting for. So, makes but the
1: day go by great and it makes the world a better place. It certainly <laughs> does,
0: you know. So so I want to stay on this uh, this topic a little longer. So, I mean, uh, working from home, right? So um, a lot of people say, you know, we are sitting in front of our computers all day long. Uh, so that, that fine line between, you know, working or being at home kind of blurred a little bit so what kind of strategies uh, can we adopt to find our work-life
2: balance again yeah i'll, I'll take this one uh, Siobhan, if, uh, okay if sure you don't mind um you know because for me this was very different you know i grew up in the uh you know not working from home right um if you were not in the office or you weren't in the field then you were not being effective as a, uh, as a salesperson or as a sales leader. So for me, um, it was a big adjustment and, um, you know, I can just say what I did personally, uh, that helped me out. And, uh, first off, you know, it's about creating the work environment prior to COVID. If I worked from home, uh, which was not very often, I would typically sit at my um, kitchen table, and uh and my wife would be cooking or you know lunch or doing something kids might be coming through so obviously i wasn't as effective as i could be so what i did is i said okay well i've got to find the environment and create this work environment as part of my home uh so uh, you know we have this office here we never used it before i painted it i put up pictures and and knickknacks that are meaningful to me to make it to give it that uh, that, that feel, if you will, that I'm in my office. And I, and I do have that feeling now. And the only difference now is that instead of, you know, getting up and driving 15 miles to my office, I get up and I walk 50 steps and I'm in my office. So it's made it, uh, you know, uh, a lot easier and I think more effective for me. Um, You know, the second thing that I I do personally is I I try to stick to a schedule. Um, I still get up at the same time. I happen to be i'm in my office earlier because i don't have the I have a you know 50 uh, step commute versus a 15 mile commute uh, but i usually start my days off with a uh, a ted talk or some motivational speech something that kind of you know i never did those before whenever i was in the office usually i was running to a meeting or or trying to get into the office for for whatever reason i uh, didn't really take time to myself so i take some time to myself usually 10 15 minutes to whatever It could be meditation, could be, uh, you know, uh, TED talk, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, you enjoy. Um, I also at lunchtime, uh, instead of going out to lunch like I traditionally did, Ram, I mean, you know, um, you know, I go out, have a good time, but, you know, know, an hour, hour and a half of wasted time. uh, I now eat out of the house. uh, It's healthier. Plus, I usually take a walk. I usually take some time at midday. I take a walk, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, usually with my wife and uh, and kind of enjoy that. And then the, you know, the, you know, and then whenever I end the day, it's, it's, you know, in the past, whenever I would end my day and I'd come home, I might work some on the couch while, while we're watching TV or, or do things like that. Now, I mean, this is my office. Whenever I step out of my doors to go out, out into my home, it is my home. And, you know, I go from work, John, to, um you well know, home john or fun john whatever you want to call it uh so you know that that's an important part to me and then and then finally i mean uh, you know all those taking into account i i believe I, well, I don't believe i know i am much more effective i'm working i'm putting in more hours they're uh, more effective hours and uh and i'm being more and, and i'm enjoying it more to be honest with you and the last thing i'll say rom and uh, you know this, this is for animal lovers out there if you have a dog if you have a cat that makes a difference. Having them sitting here and whenever you get stressed out about something and petting them uh, certainly uh, has a positive impact as well.
1: I concur on that one.
2: Yeah. Well, I need to ask a clarification question.
0: Okay. John, Shawanda, you're both in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So in an interview when Roy Orbison was asked, uh, oh, Roy, you grew up in Texas, he said, correction. Mm-hmm. No. I didn't grow up in Texas. I was raised in Texas. So, so <laughs> do you grow up in Texas, or were you raised in Texas?
2: Well, I uh, I don't know, Shawanda, you want to take that one?
1: I, I will tell you. I am. I, I think born... we'd have two
2: different answers. Okay, yes, that's okay.
1: I I am born and raised and grew in Texas. I will tell you because I have been here all my life. And so I love to say that I don't just go through life, but I like to grow through life. So I'm going to say that I grew up in yeah. Texas.
2: And, and for me, uh, I was a little different. My path was uh, I, I made it to Texas in uh, my freshman year of high school, and I have not left ever since. I love it here. So I guess I'm, I, I did not, uh, I guess, grow up. I was more uh, maybe raised in Texas, is that the right? I'm, or no, I was the opposite. I grew up. I, I don't know. One you of were those. Raised. <laughs> <laughs> You're raised in Texas. Okay, I, we all, we all, all lost Texas. All I know, Ram, is I'm not a naturalized Texan, and that's a big thing here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to be born here to be a naturalized Texan.
1: Okay.
0: So uh let let's remain again on the issue of human relationships. And so so we we have this combination uh where we're hiring and training employees remotely, right? So we're doing things remotely. Uh which means uh, we're also learning how to collaborate effectively. And you mentioned that uh, briefly in this remote and and Xuanda mentioned this this hybrid environment. So uh, two questions uh, come to mind when, when when I'm looking at that. So um, what kind of strategies can we adopt to make this remote or as then says, you know, this hybrid work environment work more effective? And with the acceleration in this digitization that, you know, you guys mentioned so much digitization of the sales process. So creating this enormous need for training and, and upgrading and, and you mentioned the tech stack right not only technology but also the skill sets. We, we need more training we need you know to refine our skills. The sales workforce, the entire sales workforce needs to be retrained and refined and, and constantly upgraded. We again, we do not want to go the way of the dog okay. So uh, uh, what kind of advice uh, do you guys offer uh, to those who are seeking uh, new sales reps for their companies?
1: Yeah, I think those are very valid questions. And I think, you know, it took a while for us to start getting this right um, once COVID first hit, because again, it was new for all of us. But to answer your first question, what I have seen when looking at collaborating is that frequent communication is very, very vital, Um, you know, when trying to collaborate in a remote slash hybrid world. You know, we're at the point where we're not all in the office to physically see people and their reactions or feelings to know when something is wrong or when there is a concern. So as a leader what I have made sure to implement is having frequent check-ins with my team members, which is very much important. And it's the same thing when you're working on a project or you're collaborating with different members from different departments. Having that frequent check-in with just a quick Zoom video or um, emails, whatever it is, to make sure everyone is on the same page is very, very vital to project success. Now when it comes to hiring and training reps, we have to make sure that we're not only attracting the talent the talent but we're also retaining the talent. And when I look at attracting the talent, a lot of the skill sets have not changed like, you know, great listening skills and customer service skills. But what I think employers need to also be thinking about are transferable skills that people have in other industries that could make great B2B salespeople. I'm seeing a ton of educators turn to -to business-to-business sales and become sales reps. And I applaud them for that because I think we all know school educators have to sell and influence young audiences, (laughs) which is not an easy thing to do, okay? Um, I also look for um, grit. I I love the word grit. When I see a candidate, I look for grit in new candidates and understand, you know, how much research, you know, will they do to get up to speed in the quickest amount of time without relying 100% on the employer. In other words, I like to say, you know, what research can you do about your your new company or your clientele outside of working hours that will make you better prepared for the next day when you come in now once we get those candidates on i think employers need to make sure that we're retaining them by valuing them and helping them or helping to understand you know what their growth object- objectives and motivations may be and then consistently And the word again is consistently giving them training and professional development to continue to perfect their craft. We have to continue and we have to look at these representatives as people and not just numbers. And so that's what I really feel um, will help to get new reps up and rising and become star performers in little to no time.
0: Yeah, so folks I, I watched uh one of Shawanda's interviews with with Michelle that was a, a a wonderful interview and uh in that one you said something very specific that you kind of alluded to today so it's important for us to understand what motivates people and and I really like when you when you mentioned that so would you mind saying a few words why is it so important that um, you you mentioned you know high engagement but uh, the motivation part, and sometimes people aren't as motivated because we don't get them as excited. So what are some thoughts you could share or strategies sure. on, on how we could, as people, managers, uh, kind of what steps can we take to understand what motivates people?
1: Sure. So, you know, one of the things, and it goes back to that frequent communication. So once you know who your team is, you know, have those one-on-ones with them to make sure that you understand what their motivations are. Where do they see themselves in the next year, two years, three years? That way you can help them get to wherever it is they want to be. And then having constant check-ins with them. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to ask my team, you know, what are your motivations? What are your goals? Uh, whether it's personal or whether it's career. And then I like to help them celebrate those wins, whether they're small or big, or whether they have a setback that's fine you know i motivate them because the comeback is going to be a lot stronger and so you know motivating them inspiring them that listen you can do this and when a challenge comes in their way motivating them back up to say don't worry about it things happen let's just restart refocus and keep it moving um and so one of the things that i set out and and i do this in my personal and in my career is Whatever I touch or whatever I commit to, my biggest three things is to inspire, inform, and um, make an impact, right, on that person or that group of people. And so I think that motivation goes a long way, especially, again, because we are a fully remote at the time. And so I can't see them in person, I can't give them that high five when I want to. But guess what, I can have a quick video with them. And I can see them face to face to see their expressions and see their reactions. I can also send quick emails that have nice little pictures in it and things like that to let them know that listen, I see you. And I see where you're going and what you're trying to do. And I'm here every step of the way to get you to hit that goal. So those are some of the biggest things and, and takeaways that I can say when it comes to being inspiring and being motivating to your employees. And it really does make a difference.
0: It certainly does. And some things that uh, you guys didn't say. Uh, so folks, so the audience, you know, both John and Shawanda are wonderful coaches. They're very modest. Uh, they actually uh, influence uh, you know, C-level executives, people who handle literally billions of dollars in sales volumes. So uh you guys actually uh know what you're doing and that's the reason why you know I wanted to talk to you and and, and bring you to the show. We, we certainly covered a lot of ground today. Uh, we talked a little a little bit. We're just giving a, a small taste of the fourth star which is coming up this uh June the twenty second in New York and folks that is an event not to be missed. Uh I know we, we talked a lot tonight perhaps talk too much but uh any closing thoughts uh, so, if I'm listening to you for the first time, why should I end the upcoming star?
1: I uh, go ahead, John. Go. You start. Okay.
2: All right. I'll let you close it out. But I'm I'm stealing your thunder a bit on this because um, something you said prompted me to think. You know, there, there, in my mind, there's really three three reasons if you want to uh, show up. One is, do you want to do you enjoy being inspired? And Shawanda mentioned inspiration. Secondly. Uh, do you enjoy collaborating with people with like minds and being informed? That's the inform of uh, of of what she said. And then finally, um, you know, are you passionate about a sales career or sales leadership? And that's where the impact comes in. Do you want to make that impact? If, if those are three things you enjoy, if you enjoy, you know, inspiration, collaboration to, to be informed with like minds and then, Uh, you know, you're really passionate about it and uh, to be able to have an impact in in your job or in your career, then you should be there on June 22nd, New York City, to celebrate my birthday. Just kidding.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to, you bet, I'm going to try to make sure I see John in New York City on June 22nd, even if he has to bring his family there. Um, So we'll have to go, we'll have to, you know, That'll be to be continued to see if you see them there. But yeah. I think the last thing that I will say is that if you are part of the sales ecosystem at your firm that is responsible for growing revenue and business opportunities, and you want to stay on top of the latest trends and innovations within the sales industry, you must attend this event. You will leave this event with new new connections. And of course, as John said, you will be inspired to immediately, and I repeat that again, immediately implement some of the best practices that are shared from the speakers, as well as the participants that you meet on site. So I personally hope that I see you there on June 22nd in New York City.
0: Well, uh, it seems we had such a wonderful discussion today. Uh, folks, we're really just scratching the surface here. We can certainly continue this conversation, but I'm afraid that is all the time we have today. Again, the STAR conference has a fantastic lineup and it really never ceases to amaze. Uh, I strongly strongly encourage you to to join the conversation. Uh, my guests today, you know, Shemanda Roberts and John Ruggles, thank you so very much uh, for for your time today. Thank, Thank you. you so
1: much for having us.
0: Thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some uh, upcoming events. Of course, uh, we'll be having a talk with Dr. Maria Hoffaker, an amazing podcaster from Berlin, and our other show, In Focus, in partnership with the World Future Studies Federation, WFSF, will focus on the implications of the war in Ukraine for Germany. We have a fantastic lineup of speakers, and will be a great discussion so as promised i'll bring back mark cox author of the business case for love and david Rimmer who will talk to us about getting our startup off the ground we will continue to focus on the topics you like the most so again technology the metaverse sustainability we will also talk about the upcoming institute of competitive intelligence and the other frost and sullivan events so really uh, uh, don't miss it. By the way, uh, feel free to continue to submit your comments and questions on our YouTube page. Uh, I know how to get a hold of Shawanda and John. I'll make sure to read and present them any other questions or comments uh, you may have. If you're listening to us via podcasts or watching this show as a recording via Futures Television, you too can be part of the conversation. Again, just visit our YouTube channel and leave a comment. Please. Uh, Don't forget to share and like this video. And please do subscribe to our channel. I am really counting uh, on you. It is uh, really uh, time for us to say our goodbyes again. Thank you so very much for your presence and participation in the show today. Thank you, John. Thank you, Shawanda. And you can always reach out to me, the magazine or the host via Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And don't miss, uh, we have the star newsletter coming up. Don't miss that. I hope to see you soon, and I will leave you with our institutional message.